0: Our podcast, Sync, The Conversation, offers a digital window into the unique engagement experience that is the Sync community quality networking, genuine relationship, and in depth discussion. You'll hear directly from your peers, IT industry experts, leaders, and thinkers, and learn firsthand about crucial insights reimagining the future, new strategies informing data driven risk, and key relationships expanding the bounds of what's possible. Welcome to The Conversation.
1: Hello, I'm Dina Swatsi, and we're back. I'm joined here with two of my colleagues, Maria Schrenger and Dr. Arlene Espinal, for another part two of the conversation. A little bit about myself: I have twenty years' experience in IT. I have started off as a help desk specialist and have moved up in the ranks between project management, uh, IT administration, as well as governance, risk, and compliance. And now I'm in my new role, which I'm excited about and very, very passionate about, which is as a cyber strategy leader. Um, So I have taken on this role, and it's been exciting ever since, and I'm looking forward to what the future holds for my next phase. Maria, a little bit about you.
0: Thank you, Dina. I'm happy to join you again, ladies, for the second part of our conversation today. My name is Maria Schwenger, and uh, I am known as a cybersecurity data governance leader, uh, as well as cloud practitioner, um, building AI frameworks, and generally concentrating right now on digital transformation and the cybersecurity as an enabler of the business to run secure.
2: And hello again, ladies. Thanks again for having me. I'm excited to go into part two of our discussion. Part one was phenomenal, so I can't wait to get into our second half here. Um, But Dr. Arlene Espinal, a little bit about myself. My background spans over 20 years in a lot of the cutting edge and digital technologies um, that we use, and that can range from Deep capability development around artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, uh, quantum computing, quantum AI, and a host of other next generation digital technologies that we're using in the commercial side as well as in support of national security. Um, And a little extra tidbit is I'm wrapping up my secondary PhD in um, quantum computing early next year. So I'm excited to be here and talk about all the dynamics that are meaningful for us in this space. not just on the technology side, but on the development of leadership that's meaningful to be able to represent the technology sector. For part one, we talked about some of the things that were necessary to set the tone um, and and how we went about that in terms of developing your career, paying attention to yourself, your health, all the things that are meaningful to be able to show up and give it your best, um, and how to support yourself and, and, and some advice around ongoing development for the younger generation. Today, I'd like to start looking ahead, right, um, and talk about some of the meaningful things that um, are of impact to each of you. What changes do you think the industry has gone through since the beginning of your careers? Now, my only only caveat to that is, of course, COVID has exploded a lot of different things for us in terms of how we work, how we interact, what collaboration and productivity mean to us um, in terms of you know, leveraging technology and managing distributed teams. But beyond that, I'd also love to hear a little bit more um, independently from each of you beyond that itself. What's, what's been other deltas that have been meaningful for you um, and specifically both of you being women in technology?
0: Now, from perspective of changes in the industry, for me specifically as a woman in technology, I feel quite different. Um, In the past, quite often, I would be the only woman on the team or I would be the only woman in the room or uh, the only person, woman participating in the uh, or leading a tech discussion. Recently, though, I thankfully uh, am used to joining quite equally mixed groups and I'm also used to collaborating with a lot of more female tech leaders my peers. Some of my mentors are also great female technology leaders. Um, it's also, also very remarkable that we have special initiatives for retraining women to get into the workforce. Um, and um, I personally always encourage women to believe that they can be very successful in the technological field, uh, to join any tech events, any tech projects, to figure out where are their strengths and preferences and to feel equal in taking leadership when they can.
2: So regarding the changes and and some of your perspectives there in terms of how drastically the industry has evolved um, since you both joined and started your careers, I know for myself, the bigger thing that I can remember back then, 20 plus years ago, was the explosion of the dot-com boom, and what that meant for us. That created new industries, it created jobs. I mean, it truly, truly was the beginning of what we continue to say today is digital transformation. But that that journey started for us, you know, two and a half decades ago, nearly. Um, with that said, I will say my perspective on this is, you know, the last five years, the last five to 10 years has exponentially blown up the technology realm, you know, with all of that bleeding edge technology coming front center. Uh, When we're talking about, you know, artificial intelligence, when we're talking about automation, when we're talking about edge computing, multi-cloud environments. I mean, earlier, Dina, you mentioned, um, you know, the the risks and some of the things that you tend to to keep top of mind as a cyber slash risk slash slash governance expert, which is the amount of um, of access that that we tend to give up. And you also hit it right on on target as well, Maria. More often than not, users are not looking at the terms and conditions of how they're leveraging technology in their lives day in and day out. Um, With again all of the things that we've encountered, even most recently as a country, what do you think, from an industry perspective, should be top of mind for us right now? I mean, we can talk data privacy, we can talk security, we can talk about um, you know all of the other challenges, but it also comes down to we've democratized technology, and thus we've democratized data, and so it was great for the first twenty years, and now we're trying to figure out how to mitigate all the risks that are coming with it, that are flooding us at the moment. Um, What are some of your thoughts? What's top of mind for both of you today? Uh, What are you thinking about all the things that we should start getting ahead of um, in the technology space to be able to combat some of these threats?
0: With so much technological advancement, technological democratization, with so much data created, collected, processed, stored every day, with um, artificial intelligence-enabled devices that are assisting us in our households like Alexa, Google Home, um, movie suggestions coming from Netflix based on machine learning algorithms, um, intelligent appliances. I really worry if people really understand what that means in in terms of data privacy, data protection, and just in general, data savviness. Do we realize what are our rights over the data generated about us? How it's collected, how it's stored, is it protected, or what are the chances to be exposed or stolen? How do we feel about new data created about us by machine learning algorithms, about our preferences, about our habits, about our needs, about our um, sentiments? So in general, I feel responsible and looking forward to build this digital awareness of our digital
2: society. Well said, Maria. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. I I think you've highlighted a really good point. How do we start getting that awareness de facto up in terms of becoming not just a progressive society, but more of a digital society as well that's progressively evolving every day because of um, the exponential growth of technology. Dina, what are your some What are some of your thoughts around um, some things
1: we need to start paying attention to that that are um, top of mind for you? I mean, at a corporate level, uh, I'm, I'm always concerned because, of course, I'm in cyber. So just like Maria, she's focused on data. I mean, I'm concerned about data as well, but I'm also focused on cyber and the threats. Um, threats are really, really um those attacks are on the rampant, and so a lot of times we don't have most companies are not prepared um for those attacks, and preparation is definitely key, but I can't emphasize this enough because more of the larger corporations are usually a lot more prepared than the smaller companies and smaller businesses, I think they think that they're probably almost. You know, excluded from this, but those are some of the ones that they're going to start targeting if they haven't already. And I, I, I'll, I try to encourage those that I know, friends of mine that have small businesses, and then other small businesses that I, you know, where I know know them, to make sure that they think about these things because access. You know, when I see a friend of mine and and she's on her computer her work computer and she's accessing her personal email. And I think to myself, well, we can never do that (laughs) because that's just not what we, it, it would be blocked or whatever. And because everything is so open, they're allowed, they're able to do so much and they're not monitoring any of the, the things that are happening on their network. So it, 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 that is one of the things that it really keeps me up at night. I won't say it literally keeps me up, but, you know, that saying what keeps me up at night is thinking about all those attacks and the companies that are really not preparing themselves. I think through all the the preparation that we go through on a regular basis, making sure that we have we do mock um, incidents. To make sure that we understand what's going on how do we respond to those incidents Um, what do you do who needs to be um, contacted Um, are there any compliance issues around that because there's there's a lot of different laws that i think a lot of the businesses don't think about um, that that could be impacting them in the long run so when these things occur if they get an an incident that they get attacked in any kind of way how do you recover from that and I don't, it really puzzles me and bothers me because I really hope that they are focusing on that because they they do, they contain or they hold um, a lot of um, consumer data. So going back to Maria's point about data, you know, that data is sitting out there. So you signed up with the, uh, you registered with a company, you bought some merchandise and now if they get hacked, your data, your card information, your credit card information, or any other personal identifi- identifiable information that you shared is out there. So it's very important, and that's really what's always top of mind, but that's only because I'm in cyber, so I'm always thinking about that. That's the first thing I'm thinking about, and then it's always the data that's out there. We've got to protect And I think that's I exponentially
2: think- um it bleeds over exponentially right and i say that because you can't you can't think of digital transformation and not have top of mind the invisible national borders that these technologies are transcending so when i think of digital transformation i think of globalization and then i think of what we do here in the us when we're leveraging com, you know cloud computing um, technologies, the cloud space itself, and how we're managing data in this environment and the privacy and and all of the different mechanics that have to be involved in that to secure it. Um, it's a night and day approach, right how we how we manage data here within the us is completely differently um, than how man how data is managed in Europe, where legislation is driving that. Um, There's a lot I can't, as I am develop, as my teams and I are developing certain cutting edge technologies, whether it's for national security or for a commercial sector um, customer, I, I can no longer just be a technology expert. I now need to understand legislation globally so that I don't build a technology that will cause congressional uproar. Right, depending on on the customer, and so those are the things we're faced with with that we're faced with as well, right? And I think you factor into all of that the cyber security component of things, and now you just have yourself a a huge conundrum that you have to diplomatically and methodically and strategically um, navigate day in and day out. Um, when I when I'm thinking of building AI capabilities, I can no longer just do it in the spirit of, you know. We're gonna create certain algorithms and models. We're gonna run that at scale. We're gonna use cloud native tools that are gonna give us a scalability, and I'll just throw it on Azure and have have an AI functionality. I now need to start thinking of it also in the sense of cognitive AI. I need to understand how cognitive cyber is being leveraged. And I mean it just becomes, you know, something that it's just never ending. So I'd love to hear from you, Maria, your perspective on that and some of the challenges you're you're seeing as well.
0: Um, I actually wanted to extend the topic that you started. Um, I am presenting in a couple of months at the ISACA Evolve Conference, and the topic that I selected is um, is actually AI and data privacy controversy, or that can be a marriage from heaven. Um, and the idea here is more about the responsible use of AI. And if people really understand how companies are using AI to on their data and to generate new data about them. What are the privacy regulations? Like you mentioned, they're much strict in Europe, they're leading, uh, while well, here in the US, we lead pro- probably more with the business. And what each group of the stakeholders' responsibilities are about going after our data with machine learning algorithms, for example. What is the responsibility of the business owner, of the developer, of the data scientist, of the regulator, of the auditor, the privacy specialist, the data protection specialist, application security engineer, right? So from this perspective, um, we have a lot to think about how technology impacts us and how responsible
2: the technology is. Right. No, you're right. And something that you've triggered um, another, just to pull on that thread, Maria, another thought that I was just thinking of is we tend to talk about the social slash corporate responsibility of all of these technologies and how we're leveraging them. And we more often than not don't necessarily think of the national responsibility. Right. And I say that because Maria, you just touched on something in terms of the ethical AI, right? And we'll just pull on that a little bit more. If I go into a bank and have that conversation, the outcomes of that conversation will be completely different than what the U.S. government is considering in terms of ethical AI and the efficacy of algorithms and, you know, explainable AI and how do we apply that? Um, So there is no set standard. And I think that is also compounding um, across the industries, not so much the confusion, but a lot of the complexities that we're dealing with day in and day out, right? Um, We think of technologies and we immediately think of it in the scope of business. And we forget that these technologies are driving congressional hearings writ large day in and day out. I mean, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, right? So on and so forth. Amazon, everyone is having to sit in front of Congress to answer the questions that more often than not, we're not thinking of as private citizens and and users of these technologies. So um, I think the the problem, for lack of a better term, is at a broader scale than just the business piece of it, right? It's certainly something that Private citizens need to be aware of and, and and understand, but certainly something that I think is going to be an ongoing conversation for us. Nothing that we'll be able to answer across any specific industry if we don't figure it out nationally first. So, these are all really great points. I love where the conversation is going. Um, following up to that, what are some of the what are some of the uh, specific areas that you're passionate about? Um, or that you're working in, or that you believe you'd like your career to go into, or that you're actually already moving into um, in the spirit of, you know, technology or leadership or a combination of either one of those two? What are some of the things that are exciting you and that you'd like to start looking into or taking your career further with? Dina, would you like to take that one?
1: I'm always known uh, for uh, moving after every, you know, few years or so uh, actually every couple years I'm usually on to the next thing a friend of mine told me that at at the office um, not too long ago and she says I'm not going to come over there and work with you because I know you're going to be gone in another couple years (laughs) it's not so much that it's just that I like to I like to always think about my career as where do I go next and then I don't. I'm not very comfortable with just staying in one spot for too long. Only because I feel like there's just so much more. Um, There's so much growth. There's so much more growth that um, is in store for me. So I usually start um, when I take a new position. And I've been in this role for a year. I I I I can't really count it as a year because we're still going through a lot of transition. But as I've gotten more into this role, I love it. So I'm very passionate about strategy. I really like. I enjoy um, collaborating with all the various teams within um, our department um, and looking at and and planning out you know a three year strategic plan and looking into the into the future you know really trying to understand what's coming and what do we need to do to grow our own organization uh, I like I enjoy that because it's not just isolated to my department, it's a broader scope. It's looking at cyber as a whole. And then how do we compare with other other um, organizations outside of our company, you know, other cyber organizations without outside our company and how can we do better. But I've been really wanting to get more involved with the board. Um, I do. um, I do like it. I have I've I've created content and created decks for presentation with regard to um, cyber in order to support the story for cyber um, to our board. I'd like to get more involved in being on that other side now, um, to be that person on the board that's actually listening and trying to help, help move the company forward as well. So that's, it always comes to me, you know, after I've, um, gotten into a new role. And of course, I've talked to my mentors because I like to see what they're working on and where they're headed. Um, I also like to see, I get, I take a step back and really look at what am I interested in and where am I at, um, career-wise do I want to where do I see myself in the next five to maybe 10 years and part of that is also retirement right so I want to be able to also retire at an uh at an age where I can still travel and do some things that are outside of what I do today so I think about that holistically um and what I what would what will make me happy at the end of the day? And so I always try to build a plan around that. So right now, those are the things that I'm I'm dabbling in um, and then kind of venturing out. I've been talking to a few um, people within my network to start um, at least soliciting those kind of conversations to see if that's really going to be of interest for me. But I, I see myself going into that direction. next.
2: We definitely definitely need more women in board seats. That's in and of itself a whole other conversation that can go on between the three of us for hours. Maria, what are some of the things you're passionate about um, or looking to move into your career in terms of next steps?
0: Well, for the last uh, few years, I have had one main passion. How to prove that security, compliance, data governance, kind of the cyber area, can be an enabler, not inhibitor to the business. Now, that includes many different areas of expertise across many enterprise structures. And it also includes building and adapting tooling, processes, people, new digital uh, mindset, uh, transformation mindset, It's an interesting position because it puts me somewhere in the middle between the business, technology, cybersecurity, end users. And it gives me the satisfaction that based on technology, we can drive business results, we can drive them faster as the company needs them, and we can ensure that this is exactly what our end users need. And that kind of gives me this warm and fuzzy feeling that I'm a successful technologist.
2: That's amazing. Well said. And it sounds like it comes down for you at least having the dynamic mesh of all of the moving parts around security and transformation and strategy and all of the other meaningful things that have to come to play to bring a vision um, into reality. All right. So this has been a phenomenal discussion yet again. Um, We talked about, you know, in part one, we talked about setting the tone across a career. Today, we've had the pleasure of connecting again and talking about some of the key things that are meaningful in terms of looking ahead and future horizons. Um, You know, we talked about, um, you know, some of the meaningful aspects of of where you, you remember your career being back when you started um, and all of the changes that we've experienced, whether it's been technology or process-driven or just the, the virt- by virtue of globalization, where we've gone, um, where we've ended up, uh, and how, how exponential that journey has been for all of us. Um, we've also talked about some of the things that are top of mind for us as leaders across the industries. Um, we shared some of our thoughts and, and some of our passion areas, and I've also gotten an opportunity to get to know both of you a little bit more in terms of where you're looking at. Um, to take your careers and and some other passion areas that excite you, not just within technology but also outside of technology. So I can't thank you each enough for participating in today's uh, conversation. And I look forward and reconnecting and and seeing where you both end up and how things
1: are going in the future. Thanks again for joining. Thank you again for joining our episode of Sneak the Conversation. So to hear all of this season's episodes, please make sure you subscribe to Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And also, visit SyncUSA.com for more information about Sync events, including in some of our upcoming live conferences. The TOLA Regional Forum, which is scheduled for October 24th through the 26th in San Antonio, Texas, as well as the West Regional Forum, December 5th through the 7th in Scottsdale, Arizona.